Hi, my name is Kate Kensel. I'm the owner of Kate Kensel Production, and I also do YouTube. This, this, is, this is Diversified Game Game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kellen. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race. It's about, you know, ideas. So let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, I have Kate. She is a fellow YouTuber and also has a production company. So YouTube might just be so like the masses can see what she's capable <laughs> of. So then you guys can come over and get your stuff professionally produced because that is a big thing that many YouTubers struggle with. So Kate, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, Kellen, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. I saw your YouTube channel and she was doing secret menu stuff. You guys know. I didn't get 200 pounds for no reason, so <laughs> I had to, you know, chime in and see if there was any grease, any fat that I was missing. And so I just want to know, how did you get into production? How did you get into YouTube? Well, um, I started YouTube in August of 2016, um, and I kind of started it because I got really interested in the tiny house community and the minimalism movement. So um, I actually took my iPhone 5S at the time, put it on a little tripod and went to tiny house festivals. And then I ended up filming alongside like HGTV and FYI when they were filming and got talking to them. And I really got to see like film kind of behind the scenes and really fell in love with it. So um, after about being on YouTube for probably around a, probably six months or so, I reached a couple hundred thousand people and I was like, wow, this is really fun. I'm loving it. And so I just started making a little bit of content, but kind of dropped off, like posted a couple videos every once a year, which was not very consistent at all. Um, but one, um, a business owner saw one of my videos that I did from uh, Canada, Banff, Canada, and came up to me and said, Hey, I want you to do a video for my business. And I said, you know, man, I don't do that. You know, I just post stuff to YouTube. And he was like, no, I'll pay you. And I was like, all right. And so I said, you know, give me 350 bucks and I'll film with my phone and make you a video. And I did, I went right in with an iPhone 5s and this little tripod. I filmed this business. I edited it. I delivered it and uh, they loved it. And next thing you know, I had about 10 businesses knocking on my door saying, can you do a video for me? Can you do a video for me? Um, little did I know that I was starting a, a crazy adventure and, um, started buying real cameras, real equipment, lighting, audio, teleprompters. And next thing I knew about two years later, I had a full blown video production company and marketing agency. Cause I took classes in marketing cause it goes hand in hand, video production and marketing. It, it's crazy. Once you get that bug and you start getting the equipment, yeah. you get, uh, get stuff and you're like, hold on, I got like a whole, you know, studio worth of stuff. Yeah, it happens quick. <laughs> it does. And I kind of quit YouTube after that. Honestly, I was so busy with my company uh, that I just really, I didn't have time for YouTube and um, I was making money. So I was like, what's the point? I'm not making money on YouTube, uh, which is a really bad mindset to look at it. If you want to do YouTube, do it because you love it, not because you hope to get followers and, and money. And I, at the time, I just really didn't see a need for that. So I um, actually recently got sober. So I'm almost six months sober now. And um, my life flipped upside down. I actually stopped working for a little bit, closed my company down. Um, I laid off some employees, which was really, really sad. But I it just at the time, I really mentally couldn't handle it. 
Um, and I decided since I wasn't doing anything with my time, I'm going to pick YouTube back up again. And so I just recently, as of February, 2021, started doing YouTube all over again, starting from scratch. Wow. Congratulations for that. Thank you. Yes. I've, I've been a drug counselor in, um, life and especially, uh, you know, a lot of people will say you had the whole life going for you how you know what do you mean you couldn't handle whatever your addiction was and you can disclose that or if you want or not but people who if you don't get it take whatever favorite food mine is sweet and tell yourself you're not going to have that and what what goes through your mind um right vices some are just you know some will kill you sweets can kill you too Um, oh absolutely (laughs) so you know since you went there can you talk about, you know, the addiction? Because a lot of folks now are getting, you know, YouTube money or TikTok money for the first yeah. time. They're seeing $10,000 and they're like, wow, $10,000. Right. That's party. They're doing it right now in Miami, like you and I talked yep. offline briefly. But can you talk about, you know, how your addiction happened and then how you got off and got sober? Yeah, of course, definitely. Um, so, you know, first of all, addiction doesn't discriminate. It doesn't care if you're rich, you're poor, you're black, you're white, you're purple, or you're an alien. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter your social standing. Anybody can suffer from addiction. And I think that um, once you understand that concept, you can kind of grasp it a little bit more because I've met so many people that um, said, oh, I'll never be an addict. And and six years later, they're heroin addicts. So um, I think that's always something really important to remember that um, anybody can become an addict and it can happen very quickly. For me, I had a great life, great upbringing, no qualms, no real major trauma. I mean, my dad passed away and some sad things happened and business happened. Um, But I just honestly had alcohol for the first time and I loved it. And I was about 14 and I just said, this is the way, man, this is the way. By the time I was 16, I was drinking daily. By the time I was 20, I was doing a little cocaine, a little drinking, you know, kind of keeping that going. And um, before I knew it, my entire life had spiraled out of control. Um, But I was what you would consider a high functioning alcoholic. So as I was drinking from, you know, vodka, seven o'clock in the morning till two o'clock in, you know, the morning hours of the next day. I, um, was, I was running a company. I was making money. I had friends. I had great relationships. I've been with my husband for almost 11 years. I have a five-year-old son that's healthy and happy. So on the outside, nobody really saw the issues that I was struggling with internally with addiction. Um, and it wasn't until I sat in a doctor's office and I'm 29 years old. And he looked me in the eyes and he said, you're an early liver failure and you are going to die in the next three to four years. If you don't stop drinking, Um, And that was my major wake up call because I completely shot my body from my eyesight is, is messed up my liver, you know, I'm thank God my enzymes are looking great and I'm getting healthier every day. Um, But it really was scary for a minute. I really was failing. My health was failing fast. So um, I had no choice. I was thrown into detox. I was thrown into rehab. I was thrown in with psychiatrists and therapists. Um, I basically was very fortunate and had a lot of support behind me to quit. And I know a lot of people don't have that. Um, so mine kind of just, it, I forced me into it. And um, it was a really hard time. And like I said, I'm still going through it. I'm only six months sober, but every day I get stronger and feel better. And I can't tell you, Kellen, the opportunities that have come to me since I got my sobriety is, is insane. It's, it's crazy how much life has gotten better. And you don't think that when you're going through it, that life will be okay or normal. And 
um, you know, it does. Life does get better. Wow. Thank you for sharing. Because so many people would look at you just from the outside looking in, mm-hmm. say she looks healthy, yeah. she has family. There's no way that she could be suffering from addiction. It has to be that person you see on the street, you know, yeah. begging for change. And, and then when people do get, you know, uh, go a month, go two months, even six months, they say, I'm not going to go to any more meetings. I'm, I'm all right. I beat this. And I've, I've seen it. It's like meetings sometimes might be lifetime, whether it's alcohol, drugs, sex, um, or even food. So I, I thank you for sharing that. How, how has that um, improved not just, you know, your family life, but your business? Um, like, do you feel just like you're more focused or is the money that you would spend on alcohol and going out is it going now into the business, into other things? Yeah, a great question. Um, right now, I just picked up a couple clients again. I'm going real slow with work. I don't. Um, I just don't want to stress myself out or put myself in any, you know, positions. It's really early in my sobriety, so I'm very careful with that. Um, but I can't tell you. Yeah, my life with my husband has significantly improved. Um, I'm a better mother. I'm a better daughter. A better friend, I think, all around. Um, and I'm honestly a lot less self-centered. I mean, when you're in your addiction, everything is about you. How do you feel? What do you want to do? You know, uh, it's really not about anybody else but yourself. Um, So I feel a lot selfless to people um, with my time. And yeah, the money I was spending, Kellen, ridiculous, ridiculous. I, we had to in rehab count out how much money we spent on alcohol. And I am embarrassed by how much money I spent (laughs) drinking. Wow. Yeah, I've gone through that with clients and, and talked about, you know, where's your money going? Mm-hmm. No matter what you're spending it on, it's just interesting how much we waste in uh, this country and then say, hey, I don't have the money for that. No, you, right. you do. Yeah. So with the production, at, you know, what's your sweet spot? Is it documentaries? Is it full-blown movies, short? What do you love to produce? So I love to produce documentary style films. Of course, um, I'm a smaller production company and there's really not that much money in that. Um, And of course, we all got to pay our bills. So um, my passion projects are creating shorts like YouTube videos or YouTube videos for other people. I love it. I have so much fun doing that um, and documentary style. But honestly, I stick more to as far as a financial aspect. I stick to more corporate videos. So I've worked with a little bit with Applebee's. I've worked with um, Janssen. It's a huge shutter company in Florida. So a lot of corporations um, and so corporate videos, that's basically where my company was really focusing on. Okay. And that's the big money. Uh, you know, that's what everyone <laughs> from the outside looking in and says, oh, yeah. corporate, okay, you get, you know, three of those gigs a year and mm-hmm. you get to buy your Lamborghini or whatever you, you like. Can you talk about doing business with corporate, you know, when people hear that and think, okay, she's Mrs. Moneybag, but you, <laughs> you know, talk about that because is that true or is it still a grind because you're constantly having to renegotiate and, you know, right. or, um, give them some of that inside that they don't see. So, um, you know, the bigger you get as a production company, the more money you have to spend. So I honestly, when I first started out and I was doing smaller projects and just working everything by myself, 
I honestly could calculate that I made almost the same exact amount of money as when I had to hire employees and editors and um, have help on scenes with lighting and audio and things like that. Um, really, you know, it, it's almost like you do this big show in production and it looks really great on the outside. But the truth is, I think I was making subpar, I mean, a little bit more money being on bigger, doing bigger and better things. But uh, and as far as work goes and the stress goes, it, it pretty much equaled out the same. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? I know Barbara from Shark Tank had talked about still having a job, even though she had so many employees. Mm -hmm. And you have artists, you know, musicians that, oh, I'm going to get a deal, think I'm going to make more money, but I actually make more money being independent. Or yep. retail, I'm going to get my product in, you know, Whole Foods. But actually, I made more money just having my product at the farmer's yes. market or maybe on Amazon. It's just crazy how that works. So that's that's good, good game. Now, yeah. with more money, too, comes this little thing called the IRS. How did you learn that process and discipline yourself to say, you know what, I'm going to take out this. 20% every time I, I want to do a disbursement from my business because so many creatives struggle with that. Oh boy, did I screw up my taxes last year? Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that was a disaster. Um, I initially was putting money away for the IRS and I should have paid the IRS quarterly. If you're listening and you own a business and you're making good money and more money, significant more money than you made the last year before listen to your accountant and pay your taxes quarterly. Do not wait till the end of the year because surprise, that happens. There's a big chunk of money at the end. So um, yeah, last year I really screwed up on my taxes and I was drinking so heavily and I was partying and I can't tell you what I, I was in New York one weekend, LA the next, and I was partying my ass off, spending money as fast as it was coming in. I really made a disaster of last year. And when tax time came around, I didn't save receipts. I had no idea. I had thousands of dollars taken out of my account. No idea where they were, the money even went. It, it, it was, it was a disaster. So if you are starting a company, be smart, hire an accountant and pay a little bit extra for the bookkeeper. It's, it's like not that much money. Just do it because your life will be so much easier in the end if you do that. So much easier. It's less than a bar <laughs> tab, you guys are. Yes. If you find the right person and shout out to ictaxadvisors.com. I love you, Brock. <laughs> um, they, they have been my team for so many years and keep me organized. I so you know with this extra, with going through just what you went through do you I know you probably can't blame anyone but yourself of but course yeah me I would blame almost the people who are parting with you because I've, I've fired clients that you're you're self-destructing and I can't go down this road for you I love you right. but you listen I can't go down this road no amount of money will do it do you ever just kind of maybe, maybe not push the blame, but say, I'm just going to stay away from these people because I know they're not good for me. And Right. So, yeah, um, no, I mean, honestly, when you become an addict, it's nobody's fault but yourself. It really isn't. And, and when you start to take the responsibility of that is when you can start to heal and, and I believe gain real true sobriety, um, you know, because a lot of those people that you're partying with are in the same exact, they're, they're in the same exact position as you. They're probably struggling too. 
Um, but yes, I did change my lifestyle a little bit. And that's one of the reasons I stepped away from the production company uh, with my sobriety is because it did. I mean, I, you know, from being in the business, it's hand in hand, you, you know, that it, drugs and alcohol production video business. It's, it's just, it's all kind of wrapped up into one package. Yeah. So I, I stepped away from my company and I took the loss and I said, you know what, I am going to do this the right way now, get the right clients, stay away from certain clients. Um, and honestly, I'm really fortunate, Kellen. I have a group of about four best friends and they live in different States and two of them live here. Um, and they are my ride or dies. They have supported me through my sobriety. One of my friends even quit drinking with me. Like I have been so supported by my family and friends that I'm so fortunate, but I did lose a lot of friends in first in my sobriety. I had to, you can't, you, you just can't mix it. You know, you think you can handle it, but it's not true. Definitely. Definitely. I I love the the maturity. I, I just, you know, figuring out what your problem is and that it can, you know, strengthen your relationship because you know if your husband was out there partying too say hey I don't right. have a problem. you know I want to do this or if you are running from city to city and he's like hey what's going on it's just it's just chaos and I don't know if you heard me but I flew in sex because people always get in this industry and say I can't believe what I saw through that door and it's like yeah, <laughs> it's the industry, man. this is and, and the last you have to discipline yourself because yeah you know, things happen all the time. Now, what are your, your goals? Um, like, what's your dream project? Since you do have corporate, do you ever shoot to say, you know what, I, w- I want to do something for a Netflix original or an Amazon right. original? So I, um, I am working on a project. It's a slow but sure, sure project coming along. And a lot of it's, it's in the process of being trademarked and working with lawyers. So there's not, I can't talk much about it. But um, there's a project that I am really wanting to pursue, and it is a brand, an all-around brand. And basically, this brand um, supports people um, that have either lost everything from addiction issues or from basically adrenaline uh, adrenaline accidents. So I'm an adrenaline junkie. I love to skydive, hang glide, surf, you name it, I will do it. Um, and except for bungee jump, I will not bungee jump. There's something about that that I'm like, absolutely not. Um, but basically there's been people that have been injured, you know, chasing their passions and their goals and they have to start over. And so this brand is actually going to follow these individuals and document their life. And I hope it to be on Hulu or Netflix one day. Um, and our brand portion of the proceeds actually go to helping them pay and rebuild for new passions or to help them rebuild their life. And so it'll be a, a brand with a documentary, I guess, if you could, you know, I'm trying to. I'm trying to explain it without giving too much away or anything, but that's basically the gist of it. And that that's been in the works for years. And I hope to see that come to fruition um, eventually. But until then, I'm just going to keep taking on clients and making YouTube videos and having fun and work on that in the sidelines. Well, if you ever need some, um, some, you know, additional footage, I I go through my, my, my footage. I love adrenaline from bull riding real bulls you know all that 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 good stuff um i've tried skydiving a couple times arguing with pilots what do you mean it's too windy <laughs> i want to jump and I'm, yeah I'm like i shouldn't really be arguing with it, these guys but i haven't done <laughs> that I, I, I yeah what do it. you have a death wish <laughs> no but people <laughs> because even the wingsuiting that's what i will stop I'll go oh i love it, it. 
I would you love would. to do that. I would love to do that. You know, that is more dangerous than hang gliding, skydiving, and all of it combined, but I definitely want to do it. You got to be careful with that one though. Yeah. And you have to be like a, you know, an expert this and an expert that. Mm -hmm. I do it. They're going to find a way. Let me be on somebody's like back or, <laughs> or something. And um, I, that, then I'm done because I want to go over like a, uh, a volcano and just kind of <laughs> And then adorn the volcanoes, people. I'm not not that crazy. And just <laughs> and just see it one time. But that is that is the goal. Now, with all your success that you have had and the best is yet to come and that you're gonna have, what is like a community give back that you are doing or that you plan to do in the future? I plan to work on that brand and really help change people's lives um, through being able to give them a new start in life. Um, but I also really, um, you know, quick story. I had found out when I had gotten sober that um, I actually suffer from bipolar and major depression disorder. And when I found that out, it destroyed me. It crushed me because I said, I'm crazy now. No one's going to take me seriously. My emotions are invalid. And a lot of that goes through your head when you're diagnosed with a mental illness. Um, and all of a sudden I'm not intelligent enough. I, I can't run a company, you know, I'm crazy. And, and that's normal to think all those things. But I remember a woman that I met um, last year, who is successful, sweet, smart, beautiful, all of them in between. And she told me straight to my face, she goes, I suffer from being bipolar. And I just remember going, you're bipolar? Like what? Like you're so normal. You look so normal. How could you be bipolar? And um, her opening up to me. And then when I found my diagnosis, I didn't tell anyone in my life. I called her immediately. And I said, I just got diagnosed and I'm freaking out. Like I am not doing well. She talked to me and walked me through it. And I felt so much better. What could have been a potentially, you know, ruin my sobriety could have made me go right out back to the streets and drink. Um, it saved me to have this woman to talk to. And so that I think I have been so public with, and that was hard to be public to my subscribers and followers about suffering from alcoholism and being bipolar now. But I, I realized that that is how I can help somebody else is if I'm just honest with my own story. And I don't, I don't bullcrap it. I don't lie about it. And I say, this is what I am. This is who I am. This is what I suffer with. And this is how I'm overcoming it. That means you can too. And I, you know, Kellen, I have had probably easily close to 500 DMs in the last couple months of someone just being like, I'm suffering too. I just got diagnosed. I suffer from alcoholism. I suffer from this. And just being able to just say, Hey, it's okay. You know, I'm here for you. It, it's really, it's really an unreal thing. So really just being honest with the public about my sobriety, I feel like makes a difference. And, and to think that as an adult that you found out now, I know last year I found out I had um, dyslexia. And oh, wow. I okay. I had to go through all this education and, and, you know, graduate school and people saying, Kellen, you don't have that um, because you, you have a master's degree, RB, you've done this project. But I'm like, well, what the professional said, and there's, you know, if you are around me enough, you'll see my brain work. I don't see it as a <laughs> but right. how, many, how many people have bipolar dyslexia um, I also got the ADHD which I think majority of America probably has mm -hmm. but we have to like suffer and even when you do come out people will oh they'll put it under the rug so mm -hmm. I appreciate you telling people because maybe we're just whatever normal is right and, you know and, and with relationships you have had your husband but somebody who is trying to get in a relationship and you have to tell them that and they're like uh-oh 
This right. is a crazy, crazy person. And that's mm-hmm. not what that means. It just means that your brain works differently. It's different. And that's really all it is. And as long as when you're bipolar, you can find the balance. And sometimes that's with medication. Sometimes that's not. However, however you find, you know, to be able to deal with it, honestly, being bipolar is almost like having a superpower. When you get that high, I'll tell you what, stay out of my way because what I can do what a hundred people do in a week, you know, when, you know, but the lows are the lows, the lows suck. But again, and now I'm just learning to balance that, you know, balance the lows, balance the highs, find that in between. Yeah. Just because, you know, you get diagnosed with dyslexia or ADHD or bipolar doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. Definitely not. And I had to, I had to find that out for myself. Really. It's just your brain works differently. And and then there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's just about acceptance of yourself. And how did you find that out? That, that, that didn't come with, you know, finding out that you're having real internal problems. Did you go to another person to, you know, go get tests and why did you do that? Yeah. Um, so I was sent to a psychiatrist, um, right after detox because they were like, your behavior is not normal. Like you don't drink yourself into early liver failure at 29 years old. If there's not a serious problem. So I went to a psychiatrist and I've done therapy in the past and it's been talked about maybe having, you know, some imbalances or something. And I've always ignored it. I just self-medicated with alcohol. Um, but when I went to the psychiatrist, she did all the testing and she was like, yes, you know, you are, you know, uh, type it's called type a depression, bipolar disorder. And I suffer from major depression disorder. So I do take medications to, um, definitely help, help with the side effects. And my life has been significantly easier since, since getting diagnosed and getting help. No, that that's, that's great. And, you know, I can hear somebody right now and say, see, that's why they got to legalize cannabis in my state. Absolutely. 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 I'll tell you what, I, I mean, it's a really taboo in this community in the AA community about using drugs or whatever, but I really look at marijuana as a medical. Um, and I was put on seven medications when I first got sober and I started, um, and my psychiatrist told me to go for it. And so I started smoking, um, what is it? Like, it's like a mixture of half CBD and half THC. And I completely got off of anxiety medication and two other medications. Um, so, you know, if it's used properly and not abused like a drug, it does miracles for you. Well, you guys have gotten the game. I got to take this offline because <laughs> I think you have to really soak this in, maybe even go set a, an appointment up with a psychiatrist <laughs> so you can say, you know what, I've had a similar being and I, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So thank you for coming on and sharing the game. Of course. Thank you for having me. This has been a blast. You guys make sure you like, share, subscribe, and be blessed. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit diversifiedgame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.